It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Busted Loose Baseball. What's up, guys? It's GP. No Danny today. He should be back in the saddle with me very, very soon. But I'm excited to tell you we've got a big show today. I've got the latest from the Nats at the big league level, who's hot and who's not. Some observations from the last several days. Plus, we'll dabble down to the minor leagues and talk about the start of the minor league season. Take a look at how some of the Nats' top prospects are faring. Speaking of those top prospects, Cole Henry is back on the show to give us an update on his incredible recovery. That's all coming up right now on Bustin' Loose Baseball. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Bustin' Loose Baseball, I am recording on Wednesday ahead of a matinee at the Big A out in Anaheim. By the way, one of the more underrated ballparks, in my opinion, in the country. Really thoroughly enjoyed my trips out there in the past. I've been to all but maybe four or five of the ballparks, and that's definitely in the top 10 to 12 if I kind of ranked them at some point uh, in the sport. So neat trip for the Nationals as they're getting to play Mike Trout, who they've kept quiet so far. I'm sure I jinxed that going into the finale. And Shohei Otani, although Otani just shoved on them. One hit, seven innings last night. Uh, luckily for the Nationals, they got some base runners as he has been walking batters early this season, but they could not hit Otani. The Nats, four and eight as we talk right now. Four games off the pace of the Atlanta Braves in the division. They have been outscored by 17 runs. They'd won three out of four prior to the Otani matchup last night. So over 500 in their last five, certainly playing a little better baseball and hitting the ball more since they got out to Colorado and woke up the bats. I figured we could start the show with a little who's hot and who's not for the Nationals early this season as they have played 12 games. A uh, couple of things that I've really liked. I think you got to start with Victor Robles, who's hitting 389 with a 920 OPS. A lot has been made about his two-strike approach, and understandably so. He looks like a different guy. 
with two strikes. He's doing pretty much anything he can, uh, widening the, the stance and and choking up on the bat and, and just kind of flicking his wrists and trying to have the smallest swing possible to just make contact and avoid strikeouts. And he is garnering results to this point. Through 36 at-bats, he has struck out just four times. One of those was in a three-pitch sequence last night against Otani. But he's got more walks than strikeouts. You know, that's Juan Soto-ish. Like, he does not do that. That's not who he's been. Last year, as an example, he had 33 walks to 104 strikeouts. You know, there were times in his career where he had 60 walks and 140 Ks. Uh, I know that he's going to strike out more than he walks this year. That goes without saying. And it's going to be probably by a substantial amount. But just to see the approach early this season, putting the ball in play for Victor Robles, I have been very, very impressed. You know, we've read the story a million times, and whether it's the Post or whatever other publication, about how Victor Robles has uh, had a great offseason and he's changed his swing and uh, he went through this tweak and now he's going to play better, right? We've done that four or five straight springs. Well, it, it looks like this time around, at least, so far, there's some legitimacy to some of that. You know, his expected batting average, based on how hard you're hitting the ball and you know, launch angle and some different metrics, is 82nd percentile. He's 96th percentile in the sport and strikeout percentage right now. He is spitting on pitches and taking walks. I mean, he's 64th percentile in walks and uh, 59th percentile in chase rate. He's 77th percentile in whiff percentage at this point. He's fast, right? He can run. He's a good defensive player. He's a 67th percentile runner in terms of speed. The metrics defensively this year in center field aren't very good. And I'm not sure if that's based on losing some of the balls in the sun or not getting some of the jumps early this season that he typically does. His outfield jump percentage you know, is, is 21st percentile. Outs above average is 37th. So he's been graded out pretty poorly defensively so far this year, even though a, we know he's a really good defensive center fielder, and B, I would disagree with those metrics a little bit. Those are still, to me, some of the defensive numbers, not quite gospel. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see uh, how the, the metrics change defensively for him as the year goes on. But the Nats, you know, despite their 1-5 homestand to start the season, have a chance, as I talked to you today, at a winning road trip here to get to 4-3 and three against the Angels before they come home and, and take on the Guardians, which would be a big, big deal. And Robles has been a factor in that. He's been really, really good in the early going of the season for them, not only making contact but also putting the ball in play. Uh, elsewhere, as far as who's hot for the Nationals and who's performing at a high level, I like what I've seen from Alex Call. Uh, he drew a, a leadoff walk. He's been really good at getting on base at the top of the order. He's got nine walks this season. Nine. Uh, that's twice as many just about as anyone else on the team. Robles, Ruiz, Dominic Smith all have five, and, and those guys have been good in that area, meaning Call's been exceptional. Uh, two more walks than strikeouts. Hitting just 265, he's cooled off a little bit, but the OPS is still up near 800. He's got seven runs batted in, which is you know a, a team high among the regulars. Um, this is a guy who... You know, on a first division team, wouldn't be getting a chance to play much, right? He's 28 years old. He's bounced around a little bit. But after his major league time in Cleveland, who he's going to get a chance for some revenge games against here coming up, played 12 games with them last year, went to Washington, finished with 35 games, and showed okay. You know, he had a 770 OPS. He homered five times and right around 100 at bats. 
you know, that, that extrapolates out to, you know, a mid-20s home run pace over a full season. I think the Nats like the fact that he can play multiple outfield positions. He can run a little bit. So I was a believer in Cole as a bench bat. But when he showed up in the spring and we started to see him perform a little bit, you thought maybe he's going to play more than just every now and then, right, as, as a bench role. And certainly at this moment, your best lineup involves him getting on base near the top. Uh, you have to like what you've seen from Lane Thomas so far. He was the organizational player of the year last year. Uh, that speaks more to uh, where the organization's at. It's pretty unacceptable, frankly, uh, that you put out a tweet at the end of the season congratulating your pitcher of the year, Erasmo Ramirez, and your hitter of the year, Lane Thomas. I'll just never forget that post as being kind of the low point of Nationals baseball fandom for me. Uh, having said that, I don't want to knock Lane. I mean, the, the guy, like Alex Call, I think, you know, on a on a first division, which is to say like a championship-level team, uh, he would be your distant third-best outfielder if he's a starter and probably just a, a super utility option who you can plug and play all over the outfield and, and move around the field as you see fit. But I'll tell you what, uh, so far this season, he's 15 for 47 at the plate. He's hitting 319. He's yet to homer, but he's driven in five runs. Um, he's striking out a little bit, but he has drawn four walks. Another guy that I would say is just off to the type of start, and maybe he benefited from Coors Field, where offensively they got out of the rut basically because a couple of guys like Lane Thomas helped them to. Um, the, the one area where he grades out pretty well in baseball right now is max exit velocity. You know, his best has been good enough for 71st percentile exit velo this season, which I didn't really see coming. Uh, he is striking out at a rate that's below average, even though he has 11 Ks. He's still 54th percentile there. It's a lot of at-bats. Uh, he's not swinging and missing a lot, 63rd percentile. And he is a 97th percentile runner based on foot speed that's been clocked so far this season. So he grades out better than Robles better than just about anybody else on the club to this point. Uh, more importantly, let's get to the kids. C.J. Abrams has been, while inconsistent, able to flash enough that I've been excited by what he's done this week. Uh, we saw him get the only hit against the Angels on Tuesday night, had the double down the line at 100 miles an hour. So he's now got a base hit in, in back-to-back games. He obviously drove in a pair against the Angels in the first game of the series. Uh, look, more often than last year, and at this point last year, he was obviously a rookie in his infancy with the Padres. He wasn't even really a gleam in our eye, but he is getting multi-hit games strung together. Like That, to me, is what I want to see. In a span of four games, he had three two or more hit games. Uh, against the Rays, he had a, a two for three, and then twice in Colorado, two for three, three for five, back-to-back, including two extra base hits in one of those games at Coors where he tripled multiple times. Uh, so you, you want to see, I think, uh, it took. I looked this up, it was like 20-some games last year before he had uh, two multi-hit games. He did it within his first six games, I think it was, this season. You just want to see him look more confident, look more comfortable, have better at bats. The average right now is 230. The OPS is 687. If he finishes the year with those numbers, it will be very disappointing, obviously. I don't get too caught up, even though I'm citing them, because it's it's an important you know way of kind of qualifying things. I don't get too caught up in early season stats uh, when you're talking about sample sizes of sub-40 at bats, right? 
the question for me is, you know, are you hitting the ball hard? Are you finding the barrel? Are you able to um, show that you can have better at bats at times and deal with good left-handed pitching, you know, better than you did last season? He's still so young. I mean, we're talking about the eighth youngest player in Major League Baseball as of the start of this season. And when he goes up against a Shane McClanahan or a real tough customer as a lefty, like, yeah, you're going to get your butt handed to you occasionally. That's really, really hard. But are you are you able to adjust, right? Uh, his hard hit percentage right now, 75th percentile. I care about that. His sprint speed, 83rd percentile. We know that he's going to be electric on the base paths. He's going to be able to swipe bases with these new rules. He's not striking out a ton. He's putting the ball in play. Above average K rate, above average whiff rate right now. The one concern, if I have one, I guess, and it's still very, very early, so concern's probably too strong of a word. Maybe I'll walk that back to something I'll monitor. Is that he just hasn't found the barrel enough. Uh, 166 pitches seen, 31 batted balls, and zero barrels for our guy, uh, C.J. Abrams. Which isn't to say that he's not hitting the ball hard again. Um, max exit velocity in... 2022 and over 235 batted balls was 109 and he's almost already reached that this year with 108 mile an hour hit okay uh and i mentioned that he's in the the 75th percentile in hard hit percentage which is more important probably than barrels but he he had just five barrels a barrel percentage of about two percent last year and i mentioned this on the podcast last year i want to see some of those barrels and we just haven't early this season so i'm looking for that i want to see him be able to uh, hit it with the sweet spot of the the, the bat. Um, otherwise, with C.J. Abrams, I, I want to see him try try to steal bases when he gets on. Like, take advantage of these rules, right? He's got just the one steal so far. Teams are running wild elsewhere in Major League Baseball, and the Nationals just haven't joined that party. And that frustrates me. Um, you know, the, the Nats were the only team in baseball going into this week who had actually been uh, thrown out more than they'd successfully stolen bases. Uh, Right now, the Nats have four steals, which is more than a handful of teams, the the Angels and Cardinals and Rockies among them, older veteran teams like the Dodgers. But the team they're about to welcome to Nats Park, wait till you see Cleveland. You know, they got 19 steals. The Diamondbacks and the Orioles have 17 steals with a young team with some athletes. It's a part of the Nats game that, that I would like to see elevated, you know, at some point. Uh, lastly, I want to get into K. Barrett Ruiz really quickly before we pivot over to some of the uh, guys who are thriving you know, in, on the pitching staff and uh, take some progress reports of who's hot and who's not on that side of things. Uh, K. Barrett Ruiz through 10 games, average is just 216. And that's about indicative of probably what it should be. You know, last year, a lot of the time, I would remind everyone, hey, I know his average is low, but it should be a lot higher. He's hitting in bad luck. His expected batting average is actually close to 280. That's where he finished, 277 last year. Well, this year, uh, his expected batting average is actually 210, a handful of points lower than what he's actually hitting. At this point, the big reason why is his average exit velocity has been pretty weak so far this season, 8th percentile. His max exit velocity is below average. His hard hit percentage is 10th percentile. His expected batting average is 22nd percentile. His barrel percentage, something that last year um, we talked about as having been a strength at times for him. 
now 21st percentile. Again, way too early to, to look at these. Like, you have one game where you double three times in Homer or something, and all these numbers get skewed a little bit, and, and major jumps can take place in where you rank. But, you know, we, we've got the information we've got so far, and we're just analyzing what's happened. Again, the strength for him is he is a really cerebral player at the in the batter's box. He does not swing and miss very much. He's 89th percentile in whiff rate. He doesn't strike out. I mean, dating back to the beginning of last year, he's one of the hardest catchers in the sport to, to strike out. And, and frankly, he's more difficult than most guys at any position to strike out. 83rd percentile there. He draws walk 67th percentile. But you know, it has not been loud contact for him early this season, and that's kind of the frustration, right, is if you're not barreling the ball and you're not hitting it really hard, then you're not going to hit for a very high average. You're not going to have many extra base hits. You're not going to slug a whole lot. And as a catcher who's going to be in the, the mid-200s, ideally, 240, 250, 260, you know, you're going to want some of that production to come from some power. And in the first series, he hit the ball hard. He hit a really long home run that we were excited about and talked about last week, uh, but he has cooled off considerably since. I will tell you that the framing numbers, and I would love to know what the Nationals' internal metrics show because I'm sure they have their own stats that they use that they've designed on on how to grade him as a framer and receiver. Uh, the the baseball savant framing metrics have him, you know, in the first percentile, uh, one of the worst so far at framing. I, I would want more information on, you know, what the Nats think about that. Uh, but you know, between that and you know, some of the other things that he struggled with, I think it's fair to say, uh, not the start to the season he would have wanted. Look, the contract they sign him to is such a no-brainer. If this right now is the player he is for years and years to come, uh, then it's still a really good contract because they paid him such a ridiculously low sum of money and, and such a low AAV. I still really can't fathom why he signed it, uh, frankly. But I'm glad that he did, and at 24 years old, I think the best is yet to come for Kbert Ruiz. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bang, zoom. On the pitching side of things, look, I'm talking right before he starts, so never ideal, right? But through two outings, Mackenzie Gore's been outstanding. Three runs, 11 and a third, 12 strikeouts, average against 205. Looks like the real deal. We talked about it last week. You know, he's got a chance to be a front-of-the-rotation starter. We saw him dominate for a couple months with the Padres last year. He was a top-five pick. He's got the stuff. He throws mid-90s as a lefty. He's got the makeup and the mentality. 
He's going to be really good. The question is, you know, is he an ace type? Is he a number two, number three starter? Where does he end up? But so far, so good. I'm very encouraged by Josiah Gray's last couple of outings. Ran out of gas against the Angels last night. Five and two-third innings of a couple-run ball. Did leave with the bases loaded. And uh, luckily, Thaddeus Ward uh, bailed him out and and stranded all three runners uh, to help that ERA. But Josiah Gray's season, 4.32 ERA, a little bit misleading in the sense that if you take the first two batters, which he gave up home runs to out of the equation, it drops off by a run, which speaks to... You know, the sample size right now. You know, a 3-3 ERA looks a lot better, obviously, right? 13 strikeouts and 16 innings is, you know, not quite what I would have anticipated. Frankly, statistically, um, you know, the, the peripherals are not as ideal as I'm looking for. I, I want a lower average against. Uh, the league's hitting about 300 off of them. 19 hits and 16 innings has to come down. But uh, he was really good in Colorado in the six-inning outing where he gave up just a couple of runs. I thought he was very solid against the Angels. So for the most part, it's it's two that you would say were good starts for him and good signs in his second full season here. And then one thumbs down on the five-inning, five-run outing with three homers against the Braves. He did give up his first home run since that Atlanta start, a solo shot against the Angels. Uh, but it was a solo home run, and I, I can live with that. I mean, Max Scherzer gives up two or three solo home runs, it seems like, every time he pitches. Uh, those don't beat you. Um, so those two guys are obviously most important. Really like what I'm seeing out of Mason Thompson in the bullpen, who's become their one of their most used guys. Five appearances, eight and two-third innings, seven strikeouts. You know They've used him in multi-inning stretches occasionally. We saw him pitch two innings once, three innings once. Uh, he's given up just three hits and eight and two thirds. His stuff is better than than being a you know a sub nine per nine K rate guy. So I, I want to see him miss more bats to an extent with his velocity and his slider. Having said that, I think that would happen as well if he was max effort one inning at a time. Like if he knew he was coming in to, to blow fifteen pitches and, and be done, you know maybe that that number goes up a little bit. That K rate goes up. Uh, coming in as it is, two three inning type reliever, uh, the way they're using him in that stamina esque role. A little bit different, Um, but I'll be monitoring him here closely. C.J. Edwards, who I thought they should have traded at the deadline last year with his peak value, has thrown the ball pretty well through five appearances, five innings, five strikeouts, just the one walk. I'm kind of good on Anthony Bonda at this point. Uh, you know, they they wanted a lefty, and they have their lefty, but three walks and three and two-third innings, ERA up over nine. Kyle Finnegan's been knocked around and given up some crooked numbers. The stuff is pretty good. Uh, I'm just not sure he's a closer. And then with Hunter Harvey, I think you got yourself a formidable, viable late-inning arm for a long time to come. I've been high on Harvey since uh, he was drafted. You know, in the first round by the Orioles at that point in time out of North Carolina as a starter, second-generation player. His dad was a closer with the Angels. He was pitching on the same mound this week, came in and got Trout and got Otani and, you know, over the course of uh, back-to-back innings, uh, tied for the team high with Finnegan in, uh, in appearances with six going into the finale with the Angels, but just three hits and a run over five and a third. Another guy where early this season, you know, not as many strikeouts and the K rate is lower than I think it's going to be at the end of the year, but he's got a sub one whip, which is very impressive. Only Mason Thompson among the Nats relievers has a sub one whip uh, other than Hunter Harvey. And uh, so far so good for Hobie Harris. Uh, Harris has only pitched three times, you know, role is kind of, Lower leverage than some of the other guys we're talking about, but four innings of two-hit scoreless ball with two strikeouts, uh, you could do a lot worse than that. Erasmo Ramirez has been knocked around a little bit and uh, will bounce back, I'd imagine, but uh, frankly is just not a guy that uh, who 
I'm overly concerned about one way or the other. Like, if someone's going to give up runs in that bullpen, I'd rather it would be Erasmo Ramirez. All right, let's get to a quick look at the minors and how some of the top prospects are faring over the first several days. Remember Cole Henry coming up in just a few minutes here on Bustin' Loose Baseball. Number one prospect in the system for me is James Wood, one of the centerpieces in that Juan Soto deal. He's an A-plus ball. He's 20 years old. Uh, He is four for his first 13 at the plate with a triple. He had three hits last night. He's driven in four runs in his first few games of the minor league season. Elijah Green had a double last night, his second of the season, still looking for his first homer, but he is 7 for 16 at Fredericksburg in A-ball. This is lower level A-ball than where Wood is at Wilmington in A-plus. Green, the 19-year-old, just a huge guy, leads the top prospects with the Nationals, tied with Brady House with nine total bases right now. He's driven in a run. Um, James Woods yet to walk, has five strikeouts. Green has just the one walk and seven strikeouts to this point. Really, really impressed by his batter's eye, though. I had someone with the Nats org on opening day that I was talking to tell me that they're blown away by Elijah Green's discipline and kind of feel at the plate, and they think he might be able to develop into maybe not the level of Juan Soto in terms of pitch recognition, but that he's got like that kind of ability maybe that others don't at a young age. Uh, And I see it when I watch him right now. I've got the MLB TV app, so I'm able to stream Fredericksburg and Harrisburg and and Rochester soon, from what I'm uh, told, Wilmington's going to be streaming their games as well. They don't right now, but uh, they have, from what I've been told, told the Nationals and told baseball that they will be streaming their games. I think they were supposed to have started this week, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but Elijah Green with an OPS of 1034, leading all the Nats' top prospects. Brady House, because of two home runs in his first 12 at-bats, has a 1,000 OPS as well. Three for his first 12 at the plate with a couple runs on those homers. As I said, tied with nine total bases. Uh, got banged up this week, but was back in the lineup. Just good to see him healthy again. The guy's got huge power. He's moved from shortstop to uh, third base now. So the, the future possibly would be that you'd have Brady House at third with an outfield made up of Robert Hassel, who's playing yet. You heard, uh, you'll hear Cole Henry talk about getting to, to rehab and pitch against him. Uh, he's still working his way out of West Palm to get to affiliated ball. But you'd have Hassel and Wood and Elijah Green kind of left to right, maybe in your outfield with uh, Brady House at third base. Uh, Jeremy De La Rosa, who's a talented young outfielder, is at A-plus ball. I saw him a ton in Fredericksburg last year. He finished his season in Wilmington. He's 2-for-13 at the plate with a couple runs scored and a double in the early going this year. T.J. White, who's just 19 years old, young for his level at A-plus ball, is kind of overachieved at each level. Pretty sure he was a fifth-round pick. Really interesting guy that a lot of folks in the Nats organization are very high on. Um, has put the ball in play, a walk and three strikeouts so far for him in the early season in his 11 plate appearances. Um, so someone I would say that lower than the, the top of the board, back end top 10 prospect type guy in the system. He's not Wood or Green or House or De La Rosa, but certainly uh, someone you should be interested in. Uh, we'll take a deeper dive into some of the prospects outside of the big board uh, next time on Bustin' Loose Baseballs. We'll try to give you some progress reports as frequently as we can. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can't keep you all day, and I do want you to hear my conversation with Cole Henry. So let's get to that right now on Bustin' Loose Baseball. I promised you guys we'd get Cole Henry on the show to get an update on how his recovery is going, and we find him right now in West Palm Beach to do just that. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing great. How about yourself? I am well. It's awesome to talk with you again. So quick refresher for everybody on Cole. Uh, He is one of the best pitching prospects in this system. Uh, One of my favorite pitchers in the minor leagues over the last couple years. He was dominant in college and was drafted by the Nationals uh, in the second round with the 55th pick and immediately just started shoving. Uh, Nobody could hit the guy at a 2-3 and a 1-7 ERA over a couple of seasons, but he kept having injury issues and wasn't feeling right. And then he came on the show last year to tell us about the thoracic outlet procedure that he was going to have after he was diagnosed needing to have surgery for that. So now at 23 years old, you're trying to become one of the poster children, so to speak, for coming back from the thoracic outlet procedure. And everybody's being very positive in the organization of what they're seeing so far. So get us up to speed. How are you feeling? Yeah, I've been feeling great. Um, recovery process has been uh, fairly smooth so far. I haven't had any setbacks or anything. Um, arm has felt really good after each outing, bouncing back uh, better than before. Um, and honestly, I haven't felt this good in a really long time. So, you know, just trying to stack outings on top of each other down here during my rehab process and uh, – get built up to where I can go four or five innings and a start, and then we'll be ready to go up north somewhere. So let's just start with the stuff right now. Is the velocity the same as it was before the procedure, or you're still building up to that? And how about the rest of the repertoire? Like, Are the pitches, if I'm just watching or even analytically looking at the numbers of each pitch from before and after the procedure, how do they stack up? Um. As of right now, it's it's more of the same from before uh, without the side effects after. Uh, so basically, fastball velocity has been about the same, around 94 to 96. Um, Changeup and, and slider have been really good. Uh, usually sitting about my normal range as far as off-speed and stuff go. Um, yeah, I mean, everything's been pretty much back to normal or even better. And then when you had the surgery, like, give us an idea of that initial recovery. How long was it before you threw a baseball? What were you actually doing? What were the, the worst parts of that recovery for you? What did that look like in the early days after the procedure? Because, I mean, for people that don't remember, they can go back and listen to the pod when you kind of documented what, what all would be involved. It was amazing. Uh-huh. I mean, they're, they're like removed a rib, basically, right? Yeah, yep. Um, so... I would say the first couple of days after surgery, I would say the first week or week and a half were pretty, uh, pretty painful. Um, you know, coughing, sneezing, uh, laughing, anything that I guess would constrict or, 
whatever my ribs, you know, anything that put a little bit of pressure on my rib cage, it would, it would hurt pretty bad. Um, and then I would say probably about after two weeks post-surgery, uh, I was starting to feel pretty normal again. Um, I could move my arm, uh, fairly normally as far as, you know, grabbing things or picking something up. I couldn't really lift anything heavy for about a month, but I mean, I could, I could do basically any normal activity, uh, was was pretty easy um i had to slowly kind of build up my range of motion especially in my pec because i had my pec minor removed so uh, my pec was kind of what's a really pec tight. minor for a guy that doesn't know where gyms are and has never been in there <laughs> so i uh, i might be sort of wrong on this but so you have a pec major and a pec minor um where you're that's like basically your chest muscles you know if you're bench pressing that's what you're working would be your your pec and the pec um, minor so, like rides buses and the pec major goes on a plane and plays in front of 40,000, right? Yep, yep. So <laughs> basically, yeah, your pec minor's smaller and uh I guess you don't necessarily need it as much as your pec major. Um but I think my pec my pec minor was causing a good bit of my issue as far as the nerve constriction and stuff like that. So basically they removed that thing and removed my rib and my neck muscles, which are called your scalenes. And, uh, yeah, it's been great so far. But, you know, first couple of weeks, the, the pec was really tight. So I was really working on just getting that thing stretched back out, getting some strength back into it a little bit. Um, just, you know, being able to reach my arm overhead was the biggest goal the first couple of weeks. So slowly building up to being able to get full extension above my head and then once that happened, I started to move into a little bit of a strengthening process, and then that lasted for about two months. So I had surgery, I think, August 26th of this, and then I was throwing. My first day of throwing was, one second, I can tell you. First day of throwing was October 26th. Wow. So basically two months after surgery, right? That's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, two months after surgery, I was back throwing really light, but I was back throwing. So, yeah, it was, I mean, pretty fast recovery. I uh, I progressed pretty quickly through it all. I mean, it's really basically just how you feel. I mean, they didn't reattach anything or, you know, we're not, we're not waiting for anything to take back to your bone or whatever. It's basically just, you know, you're feeling good. Your body's healing upright. You can start progressing through. Um, and if you're feeling better and better each day, you just keep on progressing and making it a little tougher and just trying to get stronger. That's amazing. Within two months being back on the mound. One of my favorite viral videos online is when all of the Peck miners find out that they're getting called to the Peck majors and that the manager comes in into the, you know, you see the video of him sitting in the manager's office and he tells him that he's getting called up and then the Peck minor becomes a Peck major. I'm going to keep shoehorning in this minors and majors Peck thing. As best yep, I can, yep. uh, yeah. this, this dad joke about pecs. Um, all right, so you pitch within two months, which is incredible. And then I, I remember rough. texting it's with rough. you a little bit. You, like, you quickly felt really good. Like, your body felt better. You felt like the, the quote-unquote, I, I don't want to say it this way, but the problem had been fixed, right? I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like yeah, you felt I free mean, and easy again. Yeah, I would say uh, once I had surgery, got over the initial – you know, recovery, of having surgery and being sore and all that, you know, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty quick moving. And, uh, I was pretty aggressive with my rehab strengthening part of things. Um, 
I would kind of go, like, if I felt something, you know, I'd back off a little bit, but I would go until you know, I had a little bit of discomfort. And then I feel like that really helped me. You know, a lot of people, I think, uh, post-surgery, especially TOS, kind of get, you know, a little, a little hesitant, um, a little timid to, you know, use their pec and their arm and stuff like that. But I think, you know, the, the body is pretty, you know, pretty adaptive as far as that goes. And I feel like it's pretty resilient. Um, so you could push it a little bit and, uh, just go based off of feel how you feel. And, uh, that's basically what I did all off season was just push it a little more every, every day. And, uh, every week I was just setting a new goal. Like I was doing dumbbell bench press was one of my strengthening exercises for my pec. And every, every week I try to go up 10 pounds. And by the end of the off season, I tried to, uh, I made it my goal to try to get to a hundred pound dumbbells and I only got to 85s, but it was close enough for me where I was like, all right, I'm pretty, pretty comfortable with how my strength has progressed and all that stuff. And I mean, I started with like five pound dumbbells, so it was a good off season and I had a, a good workout place in tread athletics in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. that really um, helped me throughout the whole thing this off season. So Cole Henry with us here on Boston loose baseball last season in 31 innings that allowed just 14 hits and struck out 34 batters, a 131 average against before the shutdown. And eventually after a lot of poking and prodding and trying to figure out what was going on, I ended up having the thoracic outlet surgery, as he mentioned in August, and he is recovered and trying now to get back to pitching in games. So where are we in that process? I mean, obviously in the spring you weren't pitching in games, but you got to throw off of a mound a ton. Uh, you are in West Palm, so I'd imagine, what, simulated innings, live BP? Like, what exactly are you doing? As of lately, I've been basically just throwing an inter-squad games. Um, I threw my last outing two days ago. I'm up to two innings right now. And and is that a, like, 50, like 30 pitches, or what is that? Yeah, it's about 30, 35 pitches. Okay. Um. But the goal is to hopefully get to about 65 to 75 pitches or four or five innings, and then they'll uh, ship me out of here to an affiliate, hopefully. So within the next month or month and a half, I think I should be good to go. So then every five days, presumably, you do another one of these sessions, these um, uh, these opportunities where you're throwing against – in an inner squad game, who the, the other guys that are there that are rehabbing or players that are at the facility for some reason? Like, who, who are you taking on? Yeah, I've been facing uh, rehabbers so far. Um, I faced so last outing, I faced Robert Hassel, uh, Frankie Tostado. Um, who else is down here? Donovan Casey. Uh, just just to name a few. Um, but yeah, mostly. Double A, triple A guys that are rehabbing is who they've tried to match me up against so far. And and um, you're going uh, max effort, obviously, like as if it's a game, and so are they. Yeah, yeah, definitely game game situation. And how's it gone, yeah. results wise? Are you are you interested in the results, or more just how you feel at this point? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, I, I'm a consider myself a pretty big competitor as far as that goes. Like in game, I'm trying to. I'm turning it on. I'm trying to get out, you know. Um, but it is a little bit of like, all right, how are we feeling post-game, uh, first couple of days? Like, how's my bullpen session going, stuff like that. I had a bullpen today, um, and it went really well. So, I mean, bouncing back recovery-wise, everything's been pretty pretty solid. So, 
can't complain there. And then in, in games, I've been throwing really well, too. Uh, had four strikeouts in two innings, one walk, no hits, no runs. So it's been pretty good. Steamed up. That's a good line there. I like that. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so then in five days after that, do they give you X number of pitches each time, like your dumbbell thing where you add five or ten pounds? Like, okay, you threw 30. Now we're giving you three innings and 45 pitches. Or is it not that simple each time with how much is being tacked on? No, that's that's about it. They, uh, they'll they add about it. So usually I'll, I'll throw at each, like, let's say uh, benchmark, we'll say that. So basically, like, the last one was two innings. My next one will be two innings. And then after two starts of two innings, I'll go to three innings or 45 pitches, and I'll do that twice. And then I'll go to four innings or 50 pitches. 55 pitches and then hopefully five innings 65 pitches and then every every uh every like every time you add something it usually do it twice so it's kind of a slow build up but it's it's a good one so then you said you want to be stretched out to a handful of innings the plan then it would seem to reason would be you would report to the affiliate as you said i would hope triple a but i guess possibly they could put you in double a and, and move you quickly out of there if you, you throw well but maybe you go to triple a you're on the door of the, the big step of the big leagues and i would imagine at that point you're starting and, and you're going like five innings at a time 70 pitches whatever it is right like uh-huh. once you get to triple a in other words the the recovery part of it is over and you're just cole henry starting pitcher rochester red wings is is that right yeah yeah it's it's basically game on once i'm out of here i think i'll uh you know i don't know how they're going to want the innings and stuff you know, i was on like the inning count last year so I could be on something similar to that, maybe like not going past five or six innings for the first few. Um, but I guess I'll probably just go based on what they're what they're wanting me to do. But I mean, I feel like it's going to be, yeah, just you know, you got eighty pitches. Let's let's see what you can do, or you got ninety five pitches. I think it'll be a slow build up all season um, until once I'm at like a hundred pitches. Then you know, it's just a normal normal starters. Uh, routine i mean hopefully i can get as many innings as i can out of 100 pitches dude i'm so fired up for that that's awesome like your mindset this entire time has been really amazing and inspiring like it's you you got dealt a bad hand here but you've really all along you kind of said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna have this surgery whatever happens happens and i'm gonna do everything i can to come back and You've just had a really good way about you this whole time, and I think that's probably partially why this recovery's gone so well, and I, I just admire it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got a good team behind me, uh, family and my fiance, and, uh, you know, good group of coaches around me that, that keep, me, keep, me, uh, keep me motivated and, you know, help me know that if I keep doing what I need to do, that everything's going to take care of itself, so. Just believe in that, trust in that, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. You can't control – you can only control what you can control, you know, so. West Palm is a great spot. I mean, I go down there for spring training just about every year. Pre-pandemic, we went down as a show for a week at a time. Uh, it's just really, really nice venue and, and pummels what they used to have, which you'll never have to worry about in uh, – was it Melbourne? I guess Vieira. But anyway yeah, – yeah. I mean, West Palm's a good enough spot, but you've got to just be so over it at this point. Like, 
I mean, how you've just spent so much time there. <laughs> this was never yeah. the plan for you. It feels like for a year you've been rehabbing and doing everything there. Like there, there's no chance you haven't eaten at every restaurant. You know, you've been to every movie theater. Like you, you've just you got to get out of there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I've been sentenced to Guantanamo Bay. Um, <laughs> just stuck down here on the island. But no, no, it's yeah, it's not. You know, there's worse places you can be for sure. Um, but yeah, it does get little old going doing the same thing every day in the same place and not really how do you keep so uh keep, you know hungry um not only motivated that one's easy but like upbeat and i mean you've, you maybe you do get down sometimes and i just don't you know we, we don't see it or or you know when we're interacting i don't notice it but i mean how do you keep so up when you're, you're this is the hard part that no one watches you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean you just gotta trust in the process and um you know, I just know one day that I'm going to be out of here and I'll be able to show what I can do and be at full health. And that's, I think that's what keeps me motivated is just knowing that that's in the near future and hopefully I can do what I know I can do. So, Are you able to play any golf or have you tabled that for a while? Oh, yeah. I've, I've played some golf. I didn't know if that was on the, the, the do not do list now or, you know, it's like, you know, you probably do just about everything like you used to. And I'm, I'm like worried and protecting like, Oh, I'll, I'll hand you that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Usually I, I stayed, uh, I stayed away from golf until I started, th- when I started throwing like bullpens and stuff, you know, and I was hundred percent healthy and ready to go. Um, that's when I give myself the pass, or I can play a little bit of golf every now and then. So is so. Oh, is that one of the the main pastimes? Like, what what are you doing for fun outside of baseball to kind of uh, just have some enjoyment non work division? I uh, play a lot of video games, and I have my uh, my dogs down here with me, so they make it they make it fun. Are, are they you, you obviously taking them on walks and stuff? But you go to dog parks or like what kind of what's their oh, big yeah. thing? Yeah, so my fiance, her dog is a boxer, and then I have a I have a one year old lab, and walks don't cut it for my lab. I have to <laughs> wear her out. So yeah. she she loves the she loves chasing and fetching the ball. So she she'll fetch a ball for I mean thirty minutes straight until she can barely walk anymore, and then she'll start laying down. And I know she can she'll actually uh, act normal once we're back in the hotel room. But if she's not worn out, she she's bouncing off the walls in there. So. She gets. She keeps me busy. What kind of lab? Uh, black lab. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean yep. the, the energy's crazy. And I have neighbors uh, right now. They've got two big boxers, and those dogs are relentless too. Like they just. I don't. I don't know where that energy comes from. But same thing. I'll bet you got to run both those dogs. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd be surprised. Our uh, our boxer. His name's Blue. He's four years old. He's a big old boy, and he he just likes his to chill out all the time. I mean, wow. Yeah, you, you take him on a little walk around the block, and he's he's beat. I mean, he's ready to lay down and hang out. He, he'd rather chill all day than than uh, go crazy. I don't know. Maybe we got lucky with one, but he's a great, he's a great chillaxer. Great off-day dog. Cole Henry of the uh, national system here on uh, Boston Loose Baseball. A couple of moments left. What are you binging? Uh, any shows or movies here lately that you've watched? Uh, I, I'm not really a show guy. I think uh, I don't have the attention span for that long. You know, I, I think I'm I'm a movie guy. I I've been watching. Uh, I've watched a few movie movies here lately. I'd say The Prestige. I don't know if you have ever seen that one. Of course, yeah. I mean, just a classic. Uh, that's that was my latest watch. I mean, just a great movie. 
but yeah, I like any really good movie is is all me. Man. I love movies, but I just can't can't really get into TV shows. I I just can't buy in. I think I'm gonna go see Air uh, in the next couple nights here. The new um, movie about Nike and Michael Jordan and the shoe line. You seen the trailer? Yeah, I got to. Yeah, I've seen them. I I really I really want. I'm a, I'm kind of a sneakerhead, so I definitely want to go. Go check that one out. It looks sick. All right, before I let you go then, so let, let's just get some kind of final thoughts looking ahead. So timeline you think would be your best guess. I know you don't have a you know a lot of say in it, obviously, but you, yeah. you think maybe a month or so and maybe we could possibly see an affiliate or a little more than that? Uh, I would either say around mid to late May. That would be awesome. Yep, that's, that's the goal right now. Uh, you know, barring any setbacks, uh, I should be I should be good to go by mid to late May. I would say at the at the latest. Well, good for you, man. Congrats on on everything so far here as you're coming back. It's been uh, pretty inspiring to see the, the work pay off. I appreciate you. You be well, Cole. Hey, you too, Grant. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Me on. Cole Henry, Nat System, hopefully going to be uh, in uh, AAA here, uh, high minors in the next month and a half or so, getting ready for his call to the big leagues. Easy guy to root for. I'm pulling for him not only to get to the affiliated level of AAA ball real soon, but then also get that call to the majors and just stay healthy. If he's healthy, he will be really helpful to the Nationals for a long, long time to come. Uh, That'll do it for this installment of BLB. Daniel will be back in the saddle with me very soon for the entire crew, including producer Darius Dameron. I want to thank everybody for listening. Remember, starting next week, we'll be reading... As many of your kind things that you said and shouting you out as possible. We are not too proud for that. So go right now and rate and review the show. Say something really nice. And as of next week, we're going to start reading those reviews. Please spread the word. Tell your friends to listen. we got to grow this sucker. That's why we're doing it. Make sure people are listening to Bustin' Loose Baseball each week all season long. We're going to start giving you hopefully two episodes a week, as I mentioned. Uh, We wanted to do this season very, very soon. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you again real soon on BLB.